We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Nation. It's been a minute, but we are back live. This is Knicks Fan TV Live, presented by Manscaped. CP the Franchise on the check-in here. Special guest, he goes by the name of the Hardwood Herald. He's the curator of the Hardwood Herald, also the host of Draft HQ. Frequent, frequent visitor of the show, man. Welcome, my guy, Corey Talba, back in the building, man. Corey, how you doing, bro? I'm awesome, man. I'm happy to be back. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. It's draft season. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, man, happy to have you back on. And, you know, usually we, we kick off our draft coverage a lot earlier in the summer, but Knicks had themselves a good season. You know, didn't end the way we wanted it to, but nevertheless, we are here a month, or just about a month up until NBA draft time. So this is where we're going to kick off. We're going to eat, sleep, and drink draft for the next 29 days right here on Knicks Fan TV. So if you guys are new in the chat, new to the channel, make sure that you guys subscribe. Hit that like button, hit the thumbs up button, because uh, we're going to have a number of great guests. Corey will be back on, and uh, we're, we're going to cover this thing soup to nuts, man. So um, I want to get into this real quick and, and just cover the, from the Knicks perspective. Uh, we got the 19th, the 21st picks in the draft. 19th pick is, is our own. Knicks went 41 and 31 on the season campaign and finished with the 19th pick in the draft. Number 21 comes from the Dallas Mavericks. That comes from, by way of the, the Chris Porzingis trade, it was an unprotected first-round pick. And uh, based on Dallas's success, it ended up being 21. Number 32, that is by way of the Detroit Pistons. That is technically the second pick of the second round. So um, still a good value pick there for the Knicks if they choose to select there. And then number 58, which is basically in the basement. You, you never know, but... Um, you know, that's where they stand. As far as needs, Corey, here's where I'm going, man. We, we need a point guard in the worst way. We've needed one for the last 10 years. Uh, that, listen, Derrick Rose came in, and, and he gave us everything that we could ask for via trade. Uh, but to me, we, we need a, a long-term 
starter at the position, and, and that's where I'm looking. I don't know if it's going to be via, via draft, but this is certainly one of our needs. Another need is the wing. Desperately need a scoring wing. We need to upgrade. Reggie Bullock gave us what he could as a solid veteran. If we bring him back, I'm bringing him back off the bench. Uh, but I'd like to see some more firepower, younger at one of the wing spots. Maybe RJ moves to the three permanently. We'll, we'll see what happens. And then I'm going five. You know, with, with Mitchell Robinson's injury history, his contract, he's due about $1.5 million on a team option next year. Very cheap. But what happens after that? Not so sure. Durability, not so sure. I'd like to see them see see if they could pluck out a uh, you know a backup five there just in case uh, they don't sign Nerlens Noel in the offseason, man. So so that's where I'm going. What's your take on on some of those uh, those notes? Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. You know, myself watching the Knicks uh, all that time. You know, especially at the five, you you look at how many minutes Taj Gibson was playing towards the end of the year. And I think that a lot of people probably thought Taj was cooked. Uh, Taj probably was, maybe this is going to be his last year yeah. and he's playing major minutes, uh, you know, uh, up until the the final buzzer sound. So uh, that's definitely a need. And I mean, look, if there was one theme consistently for Knicks nation this past season, it was their collective uh, disdain for Alfred Payton. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, point guard, obviously, is super important uh Derek Rose like you said he's he he is what he is but he's he's not the long-term future um quickly showed a ton of signs uh and ton of flash everybody you know in New York is uh loving Emmanuel quickly but um I think depth at that position is is so important in this new age NBA and then like you said man like you need wings right you 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 look at some of the the wings the the Knicks tried to uh you know, kind of develop and, and didn't necessarily work out. And I think that you look at the success of a team like the Hawks and they got wings all over the place. Right. So I think you nailed all the, the different positions the Knicks could upgrade at and they're important positions. So, uh, but the important thing is the Knicks have actual pieces now, like they know who their main parts of the puzzle are. Now they just got to build and, and put the remaining pieces around yeah. them. So, uh, and then you definitely have some guys in this draft that, you know, could could support the the main pieces the uh, the Knicks uh, found out this year. You mentioned the Hawks, bro, man, and let me tell you, I still get nightmares thinking about that, <laughs> that playoff matchup. You know, having gone through the series, going to these games and watch this team against the Hawks. Um, you know, wings. The wing. I mean, obviously, Trey Young is Trey Young. You know, superstar yeah. on the rise. We give him credit, but what really stuck out to me was the depth that the Hawks had at the wing position. Um, yes. I go back to, you know, there's a quote going around Twitter from Bob Myers, the, the GM of the of the Warriors. And and he said, you know, it's the playoffs where you really evaluate talent from a standpoint of, you know, what can, what else can this guy do when you take away his go-to move, right? When you take away option A form, how else is he going to deliver for your team? And that's really where, you know, you evaluate players. And when I look at that Hawks team, from the wing perspective, not only do they have guys that can knock down the three at a high clip, whether it's Herter, um, Lou Williams, I mean, Lou Williams is a guard, but, you know, Gallinari, Bogdanovich, even Collins, you know, he play, yep. he plays Hunter. a big man. Hunter, <laughs> right? But Cam Reddish. They, Cam Reddish. They can hit the three, but not only that, they can put the ball on the floor and attack and get you something in the mid-range, attack the basket. You know, these are multidimensional guys. And this is what you seen last night in, in a win against the Bucks. 
with the versatility is, is on the stage. And so whenever I look at that team, I look at the Knicks, I'm like, man, we, we need more. We, we need a lot more. So we'll see what they do in this draft, you know, especially at 19 and 21. What are your thoughts on, on this overall dra- draft class compared to seasons past? I mean, this is one of the most talented classes in a while and and the top five maybe top six maybe top four depending on who you talk to is absolutely loaded you know has the potential to be an all-timer uh the the talent one through four and then you know like I said maybe five and six and the potential for so many of those guys to legitimately be all-stars um all coming from the same draft is something that we haven't seen in a really long time uh so once you get past that, though, you still have so much depth, so much talent, all the way even into the second round. So, and you look, said that you know the Knicks have such an early second rounder that if the Knicks just stayed chalk, right, stayed put in all their spots, like even at 32, there's talent to be had there. Uh, so, it, just from every spot, every like every team that's in this draft could talk themselves into potentially getting, you know, a starting caliber player wherever they are, uh, which just speaks to the amount of talent, the the depth, and um, just these guys are skilled, man. There's, there's a lot of good players in this draft. So you, you look, again, that top-end talent, the Jalen Green, the Cade Cunningham, the Evan Mobley, the Suggs, the Kaminga, yeah. the Scotty Barnes, and then you go all the way down, you still have guys that in most drafts could probably be lottery picks. So uh, it's it's loaded. It's loaded. Yeah, it's interesting, and, and that's kind of, you know, uh, the gift and the curse of double-edged sword of the Knicks' success is that, you know, from a success standpoint, it gets you the 19th pick, but from a talent standpoint, I mean, ideally, you'd love to be at that top, but hopefully, like I said, hopefully they pull a rabbit out of the hat. You know, you're a Bulls fan, full disclosure. Yes. Uh, last year, Pat Williams was a guy who rose up the ranks. You know, every week you were hearing new stories about Pat Williams and and. Every draft guy was saying, this is, this is the hottest guy on the boards. This guy's rising up the boards. We didn't know if it was fodder or it was fact. With the number four pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Bulls picked Pat Williams. Who do you think is the Pat Williams uh, in this year's draft? Right now, I think the hottest name as far as like movers is probably James Booknight. Yeah. Uh, UConn guard, you know, like old school, big East bucket getter. He showed out in the combine, showed his, you know, shot making abilities uh, at his pro day. And uh, he's a guy that is going to draw comps to a guy like Zach Levine from my Bulls. You know, he's he's super bouncy, twitchy, uh, just a blaze in the open court and has no problem making shots over anybody. So he's a guy that um, you look at the way the game's played and the premium on scoring. He's a guy that I think, you know, you're going to continue to see maybe move up even a couple more spots potentially. But, uh, you know, I think ESPN has him up at eight right now. And uh, he's he's moved up quite a bit, you know, as a guy who was seen as a borderline lottery guy uh, to all the way now seemingly a lock for that top ten. Yeah, it's tricky, man. I like this kid, man. He's a bucket, absolute dog. He's a scrapper. Definitely everything that you want to see. for New for Yorker. Someone. Yeah, for and a New Yorker. And, and supposedly yeah. he let the Knicks know – in his interview 
that you know, hey, this this is where I'm from. So clearly, he he'd like to stay in the area. Love the fact that he came from the Big East. You know, shout out to UConn and everything. Uh, it's going to be tricky. What what do you think about um, his shooting from three? You know, only twenty nine percent from three. Is that a concern for you? Do you think he he can improve there? Yeah, absolutely. This is where the eye test matters, right? Like yeah. you look at the number twenty nine percent, and you're like. Man, that's like atrocious for, you know, a, a shooting guard who his main calling card is, you know, off the bounce jumpers, right? But you look at his form and it's like picturesque, you know, like his his follow through is perfect. He could get it off. He's, you know, a lot of the the percentage is tough shots. Um, he was injured, come back from an injury. But the one thing I'll say is he kind of sometimes has to work on his footwork. His footwork's a little inconsistent, but to me, like he's a guy that is going to have no problem hitting threes at like a 37, 38% clip uh, when he's a pro. And what I love about him too, and I think that he's going to get the opportunity to do it more often in the NBA, especially if he goes to the right spot, is that he's really good off ball too. Like as, as good as he is hitting a jumper in your face off the bounce, like he's a guy that I picture almost being Jamal Murray-esque in that you can run him off so many actions off the ball and uh, just work a defense just by having this guy cause chaos off the ball and then come off dribble handoffs, come off different uh, floppy sets, stuff like that, and uh, catch and shoot. And I think, you know, his catch and shoot numbers will be much better than they were in college in the NBA uh, where he really didn't have a super high volume on them. And uh, I'm, I'm totally confident that he's going to be a, a threat from from deep and even at 29% you watch how he was guarded nobody's leaving him open you know most 29% shooters like you're like all right go ahead please take it and uh no scouting report you know uh for UConn said leave him open because you know that's easy money if you left him open so uh, he's I'm not worried about the shot at all what do you think about him from a playmaking perspective yeah it's it's dicier there um you know I think that like most young guards who aren't natural playmakers. He makes plays in transition when there's a little bit more space, right? And he can make use of that speed that other guys don't have, backpedaling, stuff like that. But in the half court, he definitely has to work on his decision-making. But again, that's also why I like him off ball. Because if he's off ball a lot, and let's say in the context of playing with the Knicks, and you got a guy like Julius Randle who's doing a lot of the ball handling, a lot of the creating, now he's running off all these actions and he's not forced to create for the team, um, especially as a young player. He showed flashes in the half court here and there, but it, it was nothing where you would be optimistic that he's going to be a guy that is going to, you know, all of a sudden turn into, you know, Luka Doncic or something, or even DeMar DeRozan as a playmaker. Um, But with that said, we've also seen a guy like Zach Levine mentioned him again, who, while he's not somebody you want to be your primary playmaker, he's improved enough that he's up in that five assist range and he's going to be able to take advantage of uh, defenses when they collapse on him and his penetration and all the attention he draws. So, you know, I could see him in that kind of role. Like if he has usage like that at any point um, where he's kind of like your secondary tertiary creator, but you know, I I don't think you're going to be like giving him the ball and just telling him to make plays for others all that often throughout his career. How about defensively? How do you, how do you stack him up defensively? Defensively? you know, he's a work in progress and he, he gives a lot of effort. And, uh, 
it's easier to kind of teach a guy who plays hard and gives effort how to play defense than to, you know, look at a guy who just doesn't try and tell him to try harder defensively. So he definitely has, you know, the effort part down. He's a kid. He hadn't played basketball, like organized ball all that long. You know, he's still kind of new to the game in that sense. He grew Mm -hmm. up in New York playing pickup. um, And, you know, (laughs) anybody who's played pickup knows there's not a lot of uh, defensive principles being played on a pickup game, right? You're not worried about uh, splitting the difference on the weak side uh, shooters, right? Um, So he's going to, I think, be a little bit of a work in progress. But if you put him with a guy like Tibbs, he's going to be able to learn that kind of stuff. He's going to watch film. He's going to, he'll get it. It's just going to be a little bit of time. You're going to have to have patience. Um, But I think that the kind of offensive gifts, the scoring ability that he has, you know, it's worth being patient with a guy like him. So if you're looking for a guy who's going to come in and be a, uh, you know, Bradley Beal stopper right away. It's it's not uh, James Booknight, but if you're just looking for a guy who down the line is going to be able to fit into a well, uh, team construct defensively and and execute defensive principles yeah. for your team, I think long term he's going to be totally fine we'll, doing we'll that. Okay, interesting, man. Yeah, he'd be an interesting prospect, man. I'm going to be uh, interested to see if they got to move up for him if they want him. Or yep. or uh, or he's available there at 19. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP and Corey in here. Taking your phone calls as well, man. If you guys have questions on the draft, give us a call. 657-383-1509 is the number to call in. And also uh, through the Knicks Fan TV Discord. So be sure to uh, call in with your questions and, and we'll get those answered for you. All right, so we went through the early riser in book night. And as I said, man, guard, guard, guard. Need a point guard. We need a yes. point guard, Corey, um, for, for so many reasons. And number one, from a facilitation standpoint, I thought Peyton was an absolute disaster until Rose got here. He wasn't always that way. You know, the previous season, he averaged about seven dimes. You know, in, in seasons past, he, he was a, a, a steady hand as a backup point guard. This season, for some reason, he was just, you know, head down, straight to the cup. And you, you see what happens from there. And most of the time, it, it was a disaster because he wasn't finishing well. I, I look at some of the younger pieces that we have, RJ primarily, Obi, Mitchell Robinson, guys we need to get out and transition to help them become effective, especially RJ and especially Obi. A guy that can just help Julius, you know, be a bailout guy and just help playmake out there because, you know, the, the when the ball stops – the whole offense stops, and and I thought, oh, you know, RJ has his moments, and and we had our moments with running the offense through him where where we shine. But overall, just having a just overall uh, floor general, when we think about, let's say from, let's say the Knicks were able to move up a couple spots. So let's say between twelve and and twenty one, how, how would you rank your your top three point guards in, in those spots in the first round at this point? Um. I got Sharif Cooper as my my favorite in that range. Mm. Uh, then I would say I probably have Trey Mann and then Josh Giddy. Um, all three guards, dynamic in different and you know in their own ways, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely at least two of those guys will help out with the playmaking. Trey Mann, I don't know how much playmaking he's going to help out with, but he is dynamic enough as a scorer to help out. But Sharif Cooper, yeah, let's go. It, let's start with know, Cooper because I feel like he's the best yeah. playmaker of the bunch. Yeah, Sharif's he he's arguably the best playmaker in the draft, and you know you got Cade Cunningham in this draft, right? Uh, Sharif, look, plain and simple, if this kid had a jumper, 
you're looking at basically a Trey Young clone. Yeah. Like, like for real. Like the this kid's handle is elite. He gets to his spots whenever he wants, and he shot you know horribly from three. So you're looking at a kid who has the burst, the the change of pace, the start stop, the hesitations to get to his spots without the threat of a jumper at you know six foot you know i know there was a little bit of controversy on the internet because uh they cut copy pasted his his height measurement and people six thought four, he was six four for a minute um but <laughs> <laughs> he looks closer to uh five four than six four i mm-hmm. think so mm-hmm. um but he but even still like this kid gets to wherever the hell he wants regardless of the fact that he shot 23 percent from three and the fact that he's able to play like he averaged eight assists a game for this auburn team and if you watch this Auburn team, they were pretty bad as far as like projecting what somebody's going to look like in an NBA offense. Like mm-hmm. they he, they did not have shot makers, and he averaged eight assists a game. Mm-hmm. Um, like his assist percentage was like all time great from recent prospects. It was better than Trey Young's, higher than Trey Young's. Um, so as a passer, he can make every pass in the book: left hand, right hand, live dribble going every which way weak side corner wherever whatever hit you need somebody to make probably the most fun lob passer in the whole draft so if you're talking about you want a lob threat from Mitchell Robinson Obi, this is a guy who's going to hit them for countless lobs um and the other thing you love about him he averaged almost nine free throw attempts a game so if you're looking for a guy who's dynamic enough to get into the paint get into the body and draw contact um, you see how frustrating it is when a guy like Trey does it, right? He's got all the same craft to him. Yeah. And again, this is without him even having the threat of a jumper right now, which personally I really don't think is super broken. I mean, he mm. shot 83% from the free throw line um, on those almost nine attempts a game. So if you're looking to project, you know, if he had shot 83% from the free throw line on like three and a half free throw attempts a game, I'd say, all right, you know, it's a little shoddy, low mm. volume, but on that volume, this kid's got some touch in his shot. He's got something he can unlock. So if, if he just becomes a 34, 35% three-point shooter, this kid is going to be super dynamic. Yeah. You know, right now I think he's mocked to the Knicks in ESPN's latest mock at 19. Um, and I personally think he's a top 10 talent in this draft. I've had a scout tell me he's a sleeper top 10 guy. Mm. So uh, we'll see if, you know, any teams actually have it in them to pull the trigger on, on, uh, on Sharif. But He's got he's all the talent in the world yeah. as far as playmaking and just that like traditional point guard that you're looking for that almost feels like it's a little bit of a dying breed, um, you know, as CP3 gets older. But yeah, this kid's he's legit. Yeah, he, he you know, he, he would come off as a Tibbs guy, you know, just according to how what Tibbs likes oh, yeah. his point guards in terms of putting the pressure on the defense, getting to the rim, attacking the rim, you know, um, getting downhill. And and like as you said, getting our guys going in the pick and roll and, and the Gotham lobs, we just have not had that consistent consistently. You're not gonna get the full potential out of Obi Top and Mitchell Robinson without that, without having a dynamic threat there. So I think all that is great and Shooting the 80% from the free throw line, that is kind of encouraging, you know, to see if a shot does come around. They did say at the combine that he's working on his mechanics, looking to alter his mechanics a little bit to work on that. So I I think obviously that's going to be the swing skill for him. You know, it's going to be a shot making ability. Do you know, I I didn't get a chance to check um, Synergy, but just off of of the eye test, did you know how he kind of, how he performed against the zone this year in college? Um, no, I haven't had a chance to yeah. see the, the synergy either, but, uh, just watching him 
with zone, like obviously the shot making wasn't there really anywhere, but like he diced up the zone as a passer, hmm. you know, like hitting guys, you know, uh, cutting from the weak side behind the, the bottom of the zone for lobs, stuff like that. Um, getting into his spots to just, he, he carved it up and he'll do that to, to any kind of defense, but yeah, you, you look at him and you say, all he's got to do is hit, you know, a little bit of catch and shoot jumpers every once in a while, hit a shot when guys go under, you know, to, to be completely honest, what he reminds me of is he, he reminds me if, uh, LaMelo ball was six feet tall, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of the same question marks that people had about, uh, Mello mm-hmm. as far as the shooting and stuff goes. And, um, I think when you just get to the when you see the NBA game and, and you see the extra space and the pace that guys play with and just the fact that he's going to have so many shooters around him, I'm not even concerned about it. The fact that the three point percentage didn't come around. It's it's obviously an added bonus. And if you were yeah. to take him high or trade up for him, it's something that you would want. But like, you know, getting him somebody as dynamic as him, like where the Knicks are picking currently, if there was no trade up, I mean, that's a home you gotta run. Take him. Got to take him. Yeah, I, I hear that, man. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. First caller of the night, we're going to go to Jason from the LES. He wants to touch in on the on the Cooper topic. Jason, how you doing, bro? Good, good. First time caller, but I've been listening for four years. Oh, nice. All right. Well, welcome, man. Welcome. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm Jason Meredith on Twitter. So I've actually, I've tweeted with Corey before. Okay, no Let's doubt, go. man. What's no up, doubt. bro? Um, I'm a big Sharif Cooper fan, um, so it's actually a good thing that I'm talking while you guys are talking about him. Mm-hmm. I've been a fan of his ever since he started playing this year. Um, I just think, as Corey just said, if where the Knicks are picking, it's like you can't go wrong picking this kid. Yes, okay, there are, there are concerns, but you know what? If he's not great, okay, you picked him at 19. You didn't pick him as a top 10, you know? But if he's great, this kid's an all-star. Like, he's, he's a perennial all-star, you know? And I have, a, I have a question for Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. Do you watch high school basketball, Corey, or AAU? Because I, coming out of out of AAU or high school, I don't remember anyone ever saying he was a bad shooter. Yeah, I watch a little bit of it. I not. I don't focus on it too much, but um, yeah, he wasn't. He didn't struggle as much. I mean, he was never known as a knockdown guy, but he he definitely didn't struggle as much um, as he did in college, but. You know, also, college, this is a weird college season for him, too. He came in late due to the, you know, eligibility stuff. And he couldn't um, practice. Yeah, so. Uh, he wasn't even allowed to practice with the team until he was able to play. Yeah, so he's coming in cold when everybody else is, you know, moving already. Um, but, you know, just looking at it, it, there's definitely stuff he had to tweak regardless. So, uh, you know, I, I believe in the shot long term. I don't think he's ever going to be um, Steph Curry or anything, but. He's. I think he'll be enough of a threat that defenses Capable. will guard him um, out there. And, and once that happens, he's getting anywhere he wants on the floor. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say, and this will be the last thing i say, mm-hmm. is um, to me, he's the only point guard that, that the Knicks could draft that I think has potential to be a starting level point guard. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, like, I like Jared Butler. I like uh, Miles McBride. I like a lot. You know, I even like Bones Highland, and I like a lot of these other guys, but I don't know if those guys are ever going to be, like, you know, good starting-level point guards, you know, if they hit their ceiling. I feel like they'll be good rotational point guards, which the Knicks don't need a rotational point guard. We have Derrick Rose. If we're going to get a point guard, we, yeah, need, we a need a start. good point guard. If not, start. we might as well just, you know, go through the free agency yeah. route. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, bro. I mean, if, if we're not getting a starter, um, you already have D. Rose. Maybe they give quickly a look at, at some point, you know, or even off the bench. So I'm looking for starting caliber uh, with, with the 19th 
if they move up to get the point guard. He's got to be a starter, definitely. Yeah. All right, man. All right, dude. I'll let you guys go. This is the first time I called in. I'll call in more in the future. Yeah, please do, man. Good to hear from you, Jason, from the LES. Salute to Jason. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Um, Dave, do me a favor. I see that Deej is calling in. Just see what... uh, Let me know what Deej wants to talk about. I just want to make sure that we stay on topic. Um, And then then I get him in uh, accordingly. Uh, Corey, let's move to um, Josh Giddy. So we had LaMelo, the Australian sensation, obviously, from the Ball family. But, you know, Ball down there in the NBL. uh, Obviously, uh, the, the rookie of the year. Josh Giddy now is getting some acclaim down there at the NBL level. What's your thoughts on him, man? 6'6", six, six, triple-double monster. What's, what's your thoughts on, on Josh Giddy, bro? He, he's probably closer to 6'8", 6'9", and 6'6", wow. six, six, to be honest. He's, wow. he's a big dude. Yeah. He's a big dude. He's, he's a lot of fun, you know. Um, and he's one of these new-age kind of like bigger creators that you're starting to see in the NBA uh you know triple double threat kind of guy right he averaged 11 points 7.4 rebounds 7.4 assists in the nbl which is a pro league you know better competition than college so he's doing this against grown men and pros and i I think that if we learned anything from some of these kids coming from this program and just the success that people have had overseas these young guys Mm -hmm. you got to take that into account you can't sleep on it like when these guys are doing this in actual professional leagues at really young ages and he's an 18 year old kid he'll be 18 on draft day you gotta that's legit you gotta realize this kid can hoop um he doesn't look like it necessarily you know he's he's a little short-armed he's tall he's lanky he's got floppy hair but (laughs) the kid he's got some stuff to his game you know like yeah he's he's got some flash um he's a fun he's fun as hell to watch you know he's just in the open court he's like Sharif he makes any look in the book, you know, like he can mm-hmm. make any pass, any hit. He's looking to run right away. And unlike Sharif, who, you know, maybe is six four with that hair, but is really uh closer to six foot, Josh Giddy has that legit height. And because of that, he can make every pass because he can just see everything on the floor. He's never he don't have any blind spots. Um, so when you're looking at premier playmakers, he's another guy in that in that conversation because he just has this feel for the game that's innate that is unteachable. So um, if you're looking for playmakers, he's definitely in the conversation as somebody that, you know, should be on the Knicks' radar for sure. Uh, he's, he's another guy whose jumper looks a little suspect. What, what do you yep. think about um, his shooting ability? Yeah, so he, he struggled um, at the beginning of the season, kind of like confidence stuff, like hesitated to take some of the shots. But as the season went on, he really started feeling – uh, a little bit more comfortable and getting into his shot. And, you know, it doesn't really look that bad. You know, he, again, he shot a 29%, not great, but by the end of the season, you know, he was hitting step backs, um, side steps. So it, for him, it was a confidence thing. Like he was a 18 year old kid playing on this pro team. He's not trying to go out and go ISO every possession. Um, you know, he didn't have that LaMelo ball confidence to do that. And then towards the end of the year, when he f- got a feel for everything and he was producing, then he started he started getting a little bit of that in his game and uh he started actually knocking shots down and becoming a threat to the point where you know you can't really go under anymore so mm. the shot the shot will come you know it, he does shoot it a little out instead of up so um it's got minimal arc you know it's not very line drivey but you'd like to see it a little bit more arc on the shot but uh 
it's it, it it definitely looked miles miles better from the beginning of the season to the end of the season and you know look I'm not one who takes much from these empty gym combine workouts you see yeah. on Twitter but you know you can go look at that and be like all right his shot looks okay you know it, it's not something that you, it, you're just like oh there's a busted shot I can't ever foresee him hitting shots it, it looks good enough that he'll be able to knock down catch and shoot and even some off the bounce stuff interesting yeah I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts having him in the you know, kind of lower lottery, you know, yeah. into the mid-teens type of situation. So, uh, going to be interesting to see where he lands. And if the LaMelo success elevates him a little bit, you know, it'll be left to be seen if, if his stock rises a little bit as we get closer to the draft uh, based on LaMelo's prowess down in the NBL. So, see how that goes. Um, the next guy, you know, this is this is my guy right here, man. I, I like this kid, man, and, and that's Trey Mann, bro. I, I like Trey man. Yeah. Talk to me a little yeah. bit about Trey man, bro. Trey, Trey man is fun, man. Like I feel like people are sleeping on him a little bit. Yeah, I do. You know, like when I look at NBA skills, like this kid has yeah. legit NBA shot making ability. And, you know, uh, I think he's mocked at 23 right now on ESPN's latest uh, mock draft mm-hmm. post combine. And I don't see how, because I watched a kid like Darius Garland, uh, what go fifth a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I think Garland's a better prospect, but you know there's not crazy gaps between um, the kind of player that he is and the kind of player Trey Mann is. Maybe that says a lot about the talent in this draft um, more so than you know Trey Mann himself. But this kid's got lottery talent. Um, I mean, he's probably the shiftiest player in this draft. You know, he's gonna hit you with in and out, step back crossover snatch back all all that stuff you yeah. know all the he's he's like the Kyrie generation yeah. right the guy the kids who grew up watching Kyrie do all this fancy ball handling and now he's emulating it and uh I don't know I, I look at these these shot makers in the playoffs and I just wonder how this kid's getting slept on so much because yeah. he's a kid who could hit step back or step back threes step back in his sleep Filthy. he's hitting he's hitting logo jump shots mm-hmm. um and uh you know he's got uh, a little floater to his game too. You know, when, when we contrast him with the two other guys we talked about, he's not anywhere close to the playmaker of the other two guys, but I think we've seen the NBA kind of trend away from that in a way, you know, I was saying how Sharif might be, you know, one of the last of a dying breed of kind of point guard and Trey Mann is kind of that new evolution of the position. The guys who watch Kyrie, the guys who watch Damian Lillard and Steph and, um, and are the, the score first version uh, of the point guard and you know he's a kid who looking you look down the line and you're, he goes in the 20s and all of a sudden a couple of years we're talking about how did he slip because he's averaging 20 points a game shooting you know 40 percent from three so yeah. I, I like this kid's game and I think that bringing consistent shooting to this Knicks team is also something that they need and certainly from the point guard position um, you know obviously him and him and quickly, if you put them together, that's a really dynamic shooting yeah, backcourt um, that that could problems, put points on the board in a hurry. You know, yeah. so like like he's a kid, and I think if you go and watch a Trey Man game, I, the the last Tennessee game is a really good one to watch because he mm. struggled in the first half. So you see him when he's kind of struggling, the player he is, and then in the second half he put up twenty eight points on uh, Tennessee with Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, two of the you know better guard defenders in the class. Um, so you, you kind of see both and, and you see how quickly he could just fill that scoreboard up. Yeah. Right. So 
uh, he's he's a kid I really like. And, you know, going through my board when I'm, I'm putting it together, I'm just like, nah, I can't have this guy over this kid. I can't have I'm just moving him up and up and up. Just <laughs> he's got NBA skill sets, you know, like yeah. you, sometimes I think we look at these kids and the success or, or the lack of success that they have in college. And we don't look enough at like, well, does their game fit the NBA? Because the college game is not the NBA. Yeah. Half the time you're watching these games. And like you, you mentioned earlier, these these guys are this team is sitting in a zone for the whole game. Mm-hmm. And NBA defenses aren't like that. So um, you put this kid in a bunch of high ball screens and it's a wrap. He's he's knocking shots down all day. This kid can cook. He's he's an absolute chef in the kitchen. And yeah. the ball handling, the ball control, uh, the body control. I, I love it. Step back is filthy. I see. I, I've saw the, the McCullum comparisons across the, uh, across some of the, the draft boards. I can see that. I see a little D'Lo in him as well. Yeah. I know what you think. One hundred percent. Yeah, I see a little D'Lo in his, his in his game as well. And I just think, especially on the, the current um, make of this Knicks roster, we just don't have guys that can create much separation. We don't have guys that can can create many advantages. Outside of just knocking yep. down a jump shot where Julius is concerned. Yes, RJ can create separation through being physical, but he struggles a lot. He, he struggles a lot. And a lot of time he's forced into terrible layups or, or chucking up things that because he just can't create that separation. He doesn't have the foot speed. He doesn't have the handles. This kid has it. And as you say, you put this kid in a high pick and roll, he can make things happen for you, man. And really put some pressure on the defense. I like Trey Mann a lot. Um, what do you, where do you think, what do you think are some, some aspects of his game that, that he would need to work on at the next level? Uh, definitely the playmaking. He, he showed flashes, right. But, uh, you know, for as much as he had the ball in his hands, he, he averaged, I think three and a half assists a game, which, you know, if you got a high usage player, you want to see that number up a little bit. Um, and I think that, he's got to work on like he, he finished okay in college, but I think he'll struggle a little bit when he gets to the pros, because even though you see him doing, you know, windmills and off the backboard and stuff in his, his pro day combine on Twitter, mm-hmm. it's not like functional athleticism that you see in a game. You know, he's not throwing posters on, on anybody. Um, he doesn't have that kind of bounce. So he's going to have to. Is it true? They said they didn't, he didn't dunk at all this season. Yeah. He, he, this, I, he almost had one in the Tennessee game. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it was an almost dunk. But he, he just – his bounce in a game, it, it doesn't translate. Mm. And if you watch him in this in his pro day, he looks bouncy. He looks springy, right? He looks like this – you're like, man, like maybe a dunk contest in his future. But he can't get to it in the game. So he's got to finish with craft and, and skill. And um, I think when he buries himself down too low in traffic – he's going a little bit too fast. He's got to, he's got to learn the pace to, to kind of throw these big men off their game before he leaves his feet yeah. without just going into a body. And he gets to the line a little bit, which is good. Um, you know, his free throw rates is not bad. He shot almost four attempts a game, which is, you know, uh, kind of bare minimum for what you want as like a, a primary ball handler. But uh, I think he, his finishing is, is going to be a work in progress early on as he gets used to having to go up against Embiid and, and yeah. Davis and you know all these Those guys, guys that it, they they're not guys who are going to graduate from college and you know go be high ranking attorneys or something they're going to be uh you know elite level shot blockers in the NBA and that that's going to be a transition for him true story man so to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys CP Corey in here the kickoff to Knicks draft the first night 
of uh, of our draft coverage, man. If you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new. We'll shout you guys out. Welcome back to everybody, to, to all the OGs at Knicks Fan TV Nation, man. Took a little bit of a, a break after uh, the Knicks loss to the Hawks. I came back on just to, to touch on, I think, when Julius won most improved and, and Tibbs got coach of the year. Uh, but uh, this is the first night back, and, and we're back kicking off with, uh, with new coverage um, uh, each week. So make sure you guys are tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. And once again, if you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag, and we'll shout you guys out. On the Trey Man topic, let's hear from uh, Pete from Chicago. Pete, how you doing, bro? CP, what it is? It's P from Chicago, through the wire, Bleacher Report. Yo, what's Corey, up, Corey, what up? <laughs> what's good, brother? I had to call in. Listen, man, I, y'all know I'm a Knicks fan. I love the draft. Um, Trey Man is it for us. We need Trey Man. But a, a name I don't think I heard y'all mention, mention was uh, Chris Darte from Oregon. Mm. The Josh Giddy stuff, I, it's cool. But I, as a Knicks fan, we don't need any more guys who can't be reliable three-point shooters. And that's just something I don't see from him, especially in day one. And Thib said he want, he want wings that can shoot, man. Josh Giddy yeah. is not a wing that can shoot. Enough playmaking and, and playmaking potential. We need outside shooting, and he won't give it to us, at least not from day one. And neither shooting in the worst way, P. I'm definitely with you on that, man. Hope you're doing well, bro. I'm, I need you uh, for next week, man. So I'm gonna gonna hit you to get you back on the show, bro. Always, all love to y'all. Thumbs up for the boys. I'll see you next week, CP. Yes, love. sir. Shout out my guy P from Through the Wire. House of Highlights own. Salute to everybody in the chat, man. Throw it through the wire in the chat, man. And salute to P. Yeah, Tibbs did say he wants some shooting, and and, and we definitely need it. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm curious to see if Cooper is there at 19. Do they pull the trigger either way? Uh, could you know? Does he bypass that playmaking ability and, and take a risk? Uh, you know, I'm not so sure, but uh, I'm I'm with Corey and, and the guys, man. It's it's just hard to see another guy where the defense is is dropping all the way into the paint, <laughs> daring him to shoot. <laughs> Cause yo, yo, it's painful, Corey, man. It was, it's painful. It's a nightmare, man. So, yeah, we'll see if 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 man is there. That would certainly be interesting. Um, how about some trade up scenarios? You know, Davion Mitchell is a guy that is is all over a lot of boards, man. You seen him in in the high lottery. Some you seen him in the low. What do you what do you think about Mitchell out of Baylor? Man, I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when I talk about Davian because you read the internet and everybody has him like down in the twenties. Like they That's think that he he's this old dude who only had a good tournament run because he's older than everybody. I freaking love Davion Mitchell. That's yeah. my guy in this draft. Yeah, Davion yeah. Mitchell can hoop, man. Like you know, a lot of people compare him to Donovan Mitchell, right? It's the number. Yeah, uh, it's the name. I don't but think he's that. He reminds me a lot of Kemba. Yeah. He reminds me more of Kemba than than Donovan. Um, he's quick, he's shifty, and while he doesn't have bounce, I still think that he's got elite level athleticism that's going to translate to the NBA. He doesn't have elite bounce, but he's got elite speed. Mm-hmm. He's got elite change of pace. You know, he knows how to use his speed, his first step. That is, he probably has you know one of the either the first, second best first step in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you add in the kind of shot making that he showed off the, the step backs, the, you know, off the bounce stuff, the ability to create that separation um, and the ability to play off ball and knock down shots as well. 
he's a guy that I love. I absolutely think he's going to be a stud in the NBA. I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but if you're looking for a guy that's going to have a little bit of Drew Holiday, a little bit of Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart yeah. with, you know, with more potential as a shooter, Davion's your guy. You know, I did uh, a, a breakdown on my channel too. This is before we even talk about the defense, right? Transitioning to that, mm-hmm. where I did a video breaking his, his game down against Cade Cunningham, where him at 6'1 was guarding Cade at 6'8 mm-hmm. and gave Cade the business. Now, Cade got his points, but he did it mostly when he was off, when Davion was off of him, yep. right? He was getting in early offense, just looking for opportunities, anything that he could to get an easy shot. Because when Davion was guarding him, it was Clance. He was in his shirt. Um, and you talk about guys that Tibbs loves. I mean, it doesn't get any yeah. more Tibbs than Davion Mitchell in this draft. He's had the success with those small point guards, right? I mean, if John Lucas third could hoop under Tibbs, um, Davion Mitchell is going to have a field day. Just the the quickness, the defense, the competitiveness. I mean, he's a guy that I can't say enough good things about. And yeah, he's uh, you know a little bit older than some of the other guys in the draft, but it gets to a point where you over you know you over uh, correct yourself um, sleeping on guys like that, yeah. and and you end up missing out on guys that could really hoop when you sleep on them. You know, uh, so to me, he he's he's a lock for to be you know a really 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 good player. So if if the Knicks could could trade up and get to him, man, uh, that would be it. That's the guy. Yeah, T- Tibbs would light up for this kid, man. T- Tibbs yeah. would light up for this kid. Defensively, he's a dog. Offensively, he's a dog. He's a gamer. Um, as you said, the shot is there off the bounce. I, I like this kid a lot, man. De- definitely like this kid a lot. Obviously, he's a winner. <laughs> you know, obviously the tournament he, he shined bright, but um, you know, I, I like Mitchell a lot. The thing is, is that with the age, I don't really think where Tibbs is concerned, and obviously I don't know the, the Knicks draft strategy, but I just feel like with Tibbs, he's going to want a kid that's ready to go day one. Mm. He's going to yeah. want a kid that's ready to go day one. So to me, the age, from a Tibbs standpoint, I don't think I don't see that as being an issue because I don't think the Knicks are going to go for a project with any one of these uh, uh, spots here. They're going to go to the kid that's that's ready to go day one, and I think this kid can do it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, the Knicks season, I'm not saying that it's time to rush things, right? You still want to be patient and build things the right way. But the Knicks are at a different spot than they were a year ago when, you know, people didn't expect the Knicks to be to do what they did this year. And like you said, Tibbs wants somebody that's going to be able to play. He doesn't want somebody that is going to rot on the bench. You know, you've seen what taking the, the young flashy guy gets you sometimes you know you've seen it in frank you've seen it in uh in knox Knox. so you know there are times when these really bouncy athletic fits the athletic profile the wingspan but but can they hoop yeah can they hoop davion mitchell can hoop i know that i know he's a winner because you could say oh well you know he's getting this hype because they had this deep tournament run this year they Mm -hmm. won the, the national championship well guess what if COVID didn't happen. They might have won the national title that year too. Yeah. So it might just be a year later. So, uh, you know, I'm not buying into that kind of uh, narrative that he's just getting this hype because of his tournament run. He made legitimate improvements. And We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That team balled out because, in part, uh, a large part because of him. So I, I think he's a winner, and he's a guy that you're going to like love being on your team. And when you play him, you're going to hate it because he's just going to be, you know, full court, just on you, oh. in your shirt, just making your life a, a living hell. So yeah. um, he's – and you you add the New York factor in, and this is like an old-school New York player. I know we we use that narrative a lot, right? But this is this kind of guy that, like, Knicks fans fell in love with in the 90s. Yeah. Um, and I think the Knicks team of this year had a lot of that same kind of grit and heart, right? So – uh, you add Davion Mitchell to the mix. You got a kid who's going to be able to play right away and add this dynamic to the team that, uh, you know, leads to winning. And I think that's the kind of position the Knicks are in. And, and he would be a dream fit to me uh, for New York. A true story, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP and Corey here for the first episode of our Knicks draft coverage. Uh, remember, today's show is also, as always, Knicks Fan TV is presented by Manscaped. Fellas, go out there and go get the new Lawnmower 4.0. Trust and believe this is the Ferrari of ball trimmers. Do not sleep on this. It's a heat wave out here in New York. Make sure you guys turn on the AC down there below the belt, man. And that is with the Lawnmower 4.0. It's got a new sleek matte black design. Uh, it comes with the ceramic blade technology, man. So you cut down on those nicks. Make sure you don't, you know, you don't, you don't want to cut yourself down there. Uh, the LED light is now a spotlight, man. So this this thing is sharp, man. So even if if you lose power in the house, it's multifaceted, man. So uh, you could do it in the dark if that's what you're into. You know, don't let me know about it, but hey, that that's on you, man. Waterproof as well. It's got great battery life. It comes with a uh, a wireless charger and a plug-in charger, so you can uh, you can get it done on the go as well. And you can go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping on your order. It's a great deal. They have a ton of other products on the website as well, all for today's man. So go to manscaped.com, enter promo code NIX for 20% off plus free shipping. All right, let's get to the phones. Let's hear from uh, Jay from Florida. Jay, how you feeling, bro? What's up? What's up, fellas, man? Run it up for the boys. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We're out of the game for a little while, a little while, but we'll be back. Yes, sir. What's good, bro? Uh, 
Here's how I see it, man. Here's how I see it. You know the draft is my time. You know the draft is my time. So when I come alive, I don't really care about the season, but the draft is me. I'm saying no Halliburton. He's it, back man. with the no Halliburton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no Halliburton. Here's how I see it. King D's in the chat last time a month ago. I was saying Jalen Johnson might be might be somebody that we're looking at. Yeah. He was like, oh no, nah, that's Aaron Gordon 2.0, bro. If you look at who we interviewed at the combine. Jalen Johnson, Scotty Barnes, Boot Knight, Zaire Williams, uh, Bones, Miles McBride from West Virginia. They looking at big wings. They looking at big wings. I don't know if it's, it's posturing. I don't know if they're playing, but Tiff said big wings that could get can create up the dribble, shoot, and play defense. You look at Atlanta last night. They lost Hunter, right? They lost Bodanovich. Cam Reddish came in and played elite defense on Middleton. Mm-hmm. They got so many wings. That's, a, that's what you need in the NBA. You need wings that can shoot and play defense. Mm-hmm. We need to stockpile wings. Not Bergson, Bullock. We need our own wings drafted from the draft from ground up. Dame is cool. CP3 is cool. Lowry's cool. But they older cast, man. Let's build it. Let's build it from the ground up, like I always say. I feel like the Knicks were actually, should actually be a 13th to 15th pick, not the 19th. I feel like we should be low. I think like we got hot at the end of the season, and we kind of knocked ourselves out, out of a little position. But if they trade up, like Wasserman was saying, Wasserman was saying that the Knicks most likely will trade up. I think they want one of them big wins. Jalen Johnson, hopefully we can get close to Scotty Barnes. I don't know. That's, that's how uh, uh, Book Knight, uh, Zaire Williams, somebody that could put a little size on the lineup. You know what I'm saying? What, what y'all think about that? I'm gone. Appreciate you, bro. Well, Tibbs did say, Corey, that, he, that he's looking for wings. He's looking for wings that can put the ball in the basket. Um, from a trade perspective, it, it's interesting because I'm looking at the teams here in the lottery and obviously Golden State, just like last year, man. All eyes are on Golden yeah. State. They got the seventh pick at number 14. Where will they go? Are they going to field two young prospects? Are they going to look to trade for more established candidates? You know, what, what do you think about potential trade scenarios and, and um, some of the top wings at the, at the upper echelon of the lottery? Yeah, I mean, we saw last year that Leon's not afraid to be aggressive, right? Yeah. Like, he's going to make moves if there are moves to be made. He's probably going to have a plan. And if that plan is able to come to fruition, he's going to act on it. So, uh, personally, I think that the trade-up is probably going to happen, too. I would agree I with that. I don't, think, I don't think the Knicks are going to use both first-rounders or – um, or maybe they use, you know, a first rounder in the second to move up a, a couple of spots. But either way, I don't think they're they're coming into this season having, you know, at three plus rookies on the no, roster, right? No. Um but I, I do agree too, like this is a, a, a league that everybody wants these big switchable wings. And uh there are a good number of them in the draft. You know, um Scotty Barnes, I think is gonna be a little bit out of reach. You know, Scotty Barnes getting a lot of top five buzz right now. Hmm. So um, while he's a, he's a lot of fun, uh, I wouldn't fall in love with him uh, if you're a Knicks fan. But uh, there there's big wings all over the draft. Um, and there are guys that if the Knicks did want to trade up and they wanted one of these wings, you know, it's a, a legit discussion to where you're thinking, do I weigh the big wing over the point guard? And if you trade up and you only have that one pick, you know, now you got to make the decision what's the more pressing need. And there's arguments both ways because, you know, we just went over the point guards, but there's a lot of guys in this draft in that kind of, uh, you know, trade-up range that the Knicks could target. So I think that that's a good segue. Let, let's get into 
it, again, if if it's around, let's say around twelve to nineteen, right? Because ideal, yep. I mean, I, I, it, it's hard to really predict how far up you could really jump up. You know, from nineteen and twenty one to to. Yeah. I don't think you're gonna get into the lottery with this type of draft. You know, do you target Golden State at seven? I, again, I would think that they would want something established off of your team if they're gonna give up number seven. I don't. The Knicks don't have that. Can you get up to thirteen? I th- maybe that's a possibility. Can you get up to fourteen where, where they are? Maybe that's a possibility. So let, let's go to your, your top three wings at around say twelve to nineteen. Yeah. So um, I would say a guy like Moses Moody. Um, I would say a guy like Corey Kispert. That's my guy. And then a, a guy who's rapidly uh, rising up boards in Trey Murphy out of Virginia, who's a really interesting guy um, and a really interesting prospect that, you know, is getting his his just due at this point. So I think in, in that range, those are uh, guys that the Knicks should definitely have their eye on. Where did you have – you had Moody kind of high up in, in your in your mock draft, right? Where did you have him um, going? Yeah, I think, I think he ended up going – uh, maybe twelve. I, I like this twelve. Kid, man. Um, like, but like you know, he's. I mean, that talk about length, man. You know, he he measured six six in shoes at the combine, but he's got like a seven one wingspan. Mm. This kid's on. This kid's arms go on forever. Um, and he's a kid that. You know, he's got potential to have a couple of seasons where he's probably approaching twenty points per game, but you look at him and you say, this is like the ultimate role player, the ultimate kind of wing that is going to come in be three and D and three and D plus, because mm. he can put the ball on the floor a little bit, um, a little bit, especially early on, but he, he's a kid. He played on maybe one of the best high school basketball teams ever, where it was Cade, Scotty Barnes, Moses Moody, Dayron Sharp um, at Montverde. Montverde so, right? he, so, you know, he knows, he, yep. He knows exactly. He knows how to play off ball. He knows how to play off other great players, so he's not going to have a problem, you know, uh, playing off of a, a guy like Julius Randle, off of a guy like RJ. He already knows how to do that. Um, he has the length and the body type to be able to bump up and play the three, you know, even at six six. So he's just going to have that kind of versatility that, you know, like we were talking about the Hawks, where you just bring these guys in and it's just one after the other. He fits that mold because he's got a, be- you know, just a, a, a beautiful jumper that is super smooth he's got a little one dribble two dribble pull up into the mid-range um and he defends and he defends and you know that's it all starts there uh to get on the floor i think and uh he's he's a he's the guy that i think you'd probably have to trade up the highest for Mm. out of this this bunch that i listed but um if that's a possibility he's a great get yeah, I like him, man. He's scrappy. Uh, I like him as a nice defender. Mid-range, I like his mid-range as well. 35% yep. from three. You know, not bad at all. Um, as you said, Kaz, the pedigree, went to went to RJ's school, played with Cade and, and those guys. I, I think he'd, he'd be a good fit on this team for sure, man. I, I think he'd definitely be a good fit. Um, Kispert, I, I liked Kispert, man. A lot of people soured on Kispert yeah. after uh, he got shut down in the finals, but I wouldn't, sl- I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, you know, discredit him there, man. To me, th- this is my Joe Harris prototype. Uh, I think he'd come in and, and be an instant, instant uh, hit for the Knicks, man. I, I like Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga, bro. What, what do you think? Yeah, you nailed it. You said that's the Corey, uh, the Joe Harris, um, you know, archetype, right? Like this kid is. Look, he's one of college basketball's all-time shooters. You look at his offensive numbers, and 
you know, they're ridiculous. They're absolutely ridiculous. And as a shooter, you know, one of my, he shot 44% from three. And one of my benchmarks for like legit shooters is like, how close can you get to 90% from the, the free throw line? And he's at 88%. Um, but he, he's a guy that, again, he doesn't need the ball in his hands. Um, but when he does get the ball, he's going to be able to use the threat of his three-point shot to do more than just stand in a quarter and shoot. Like, he could get the ball, hit you with a pump fake, and attack the hoop. He was an excellent yeah. finisher. He was excellent in transition. He gets out. He runs. He finishes. Um, he tested better athletically at the combine than I think people expected him to. And he's got a little bit more to his game than just being just your token, stand in the corner, uh, maybe come yeah. off some movement shooter. You know, he could pass it a little bit, take advantage. You know, you look at guys like Duncan Robinson, uh, Joe Harris, J.J. Redick. These guys, when you have a big um, and like Julius, who you can run these DHOs, these quick hits off of, you run the little DHO and then you know, Julius kind of rolls off it, attacks the hoop. He's going to be able to find him in a situation yep. like that. He's going to be able to do that with Mitch. Um, so, you know, he offers more than just, can this kid knock down open shots? Because there are a lot of guys that can knock down open shots, but he did it on crazy volume. Um, and he did it, you know, on, on the big stage. And, you know, you talk about like, you know, getting shut down in the finals, but like he was still making plays in mm -hmm. that game mm -hmm. you know he had a really big offensive rebound towards the end um you know he was he was scrapping towards the end uh, you know uh, until the buzzer sounded so um he offers more than just the shooting but he's he's a guy that i think people soured on just because you know he, he looks like joe harris joe harris didn't really play well in the playoffs yeah. right so it's like <laughs> oh, how, how valuable Facts. is that um you know these guys sometimes they get shut down and and a lot of people you know when they they're looking at draft prospects. It's like, all right, can I picture this guy playing in the fourth quarter of a playoff game? Right. Um, but I think, I think you can with Kispert, you just got to put the pieces around him because yeah. you can't have the expectation that this kid's going to come in and, you know, be a 20 point scorer who's creating off the bounce. That's not who he is. You need the other pieces to complement his right. game. Um, or, you know, he's a guy that's going to complement other players, but he's the guy that plays off of the great player. So, um, it's all about his fit with whatever team he goes to. And I happen to think that he fits well in New York and, and the Knicks need these consistent floor need spacers, it. man. Like, you know, Reggie Bullock, look, he, he shot it. He shot the, the hell out of the ball this year, but he's an inconsistent shooter. And yeah, you saw yeah. that in the playoffs as well. Right. You need guys that, you know, are going to be able to bring it night after night, year after year. Um, and he's a guy that he's going to shoot close to 40% probably his whole career in the NBA. So, uh, you know, you get him in that, kind of post lottery range, maybe back end of the lottery in a trade up, whatever the case is like, that's, that's good value there. You know, you're not taking this kid in the top 10, you know, you're, you're taking him in the teens. So that, you know, that's where his value, I think you really start maximizing it. And uh, like I said, the kid just know he knows how to play basketball. Sometimes you got to get guys that just know how to play basketball. Yeah. You can't always take, okay. you know, the, uh, the athletic freak. That's a project. Sometimes you just got to get guys. As it can yeah, you got to got to take the pedigree, man. Forty four percent from three on seven attempts, and not you know as you said, he, he's not just just out there launching. He could put the ball on the floor. He's capable of putting yep. the ball on the floor, which I like. Uh, just being versatile, as as I mentioned at the top of the show. Now compare him. Obviously, they're different games, but I see Trey Murphy as um, a splash brother, a, a guy that can also yep. light it up from three. But is he a guy that can do? Can, can he put the ball on the floor? What do, what do you think about Trey Murphy, you know, from a versatility standpoint? I like his, yeah, Trey, I like his defense. 
I like his defense. I like the fact that he can shoot the three out in transition. His athleticism is there. But what do you think about his intermediate game? Right now, it's it's not at the point that Kispert's is. Right, right now he's he's a much more like spread the floor, catch and shoot, uh, maybe catch off, you know, come off movement, knock down shots. Now his shot is real pretty too. He shot at forty three percent, and that back to that free throw percentage, he shot at ninety three percent at the line. Um, but his game is much more rudimentary when you compare it to these other guys. He doesn't have as much in his bag. Uh, now, can he get there? I think he showed some flashes of it, but when if you put him in a position where you were asking him to do it consistently, I think it's a process. I think it's going to take a while. But what I love about this kid and the reason that he's climbing up boards is like. One, his positional uh, versatility on the defensive yeah. end. You know, he's huge, and he's got a seven-foot wingspan, and he could go out, chase shooters around the perimeter just as easy as he can kind of guard these new-age fours that you see, again, going back to Atlanta, that they just have a plethora of. Um, so you love that about him. But I look at him I look at him kind of like Mikhail Bridges. Mm. You know, like when Mikhail – and Mikhail had a little bit more pedigree coming in, right? Mm-hmm, He's coming mm-hmm. off the national titles at Villanova. He had a little bit bigger offensive role. Um, but, you know, Trey Murphy's he transferred to Virginia, and he really showed that this is a kid who probably has, you know, elite-level role player upside. Um, so maybe that's something that you shoot for at the Knicks picks without a trade-up, right? Yeah. Maybe you're not trading up for this kind of kid. Right. Uh, but, but he's got the – you know, that, that six, nine, seven foot wingspan, knockdown threes, three and D, you know, he's not three and D plus like some of these other guys, but he's as legit a three and D prospect as there is. He's got the athleticism. Uh, I think the NBA game is really going to, um, you know, work well for him with all the spacing and, and uh, all the guys that just he's made to defend like his body type, his, the way he, he moves, like he's made to defend those guys. And uh, you know, I, I think that he still has, he was a late bloomer. Um, he was he was a lot shorter when he came into college. So, you know, maybe he's still growing a little bit at the same time. But he's a kid I really like, and there's a reason he's moving up these boards because his game is, you know, he's got the blueprint prototypical size skill set for 3 and D yeah, in the NBA the right now. Yeah, and, and as you said, defensively, I like him, man. He's, he's ferocious, yeah. definitely a gamer. Obviously, he can launch it from three. Um, definitely a lot to like about Trey Murphy out of Virginia. What do you guys think in the chat, man? Let us know. We, Corey gave you his top three guards, his top three wings. We're going to close out the show with the phone calls. Uh, definitely want to catch the rest of the Suns and Clippers game, but um, but great show so far. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Um, Super Chats have come in so far. Sh- shout out to Zilla. He asked about James Book Knight. We did touch on James Book Knight as a potential, uh, maybe he's the Pat Williams of this draft, a guy that's really rising up a lot of boards right now. James Book Knight out of UConn. A lot of Knicks fans would like to see him in orange and blue next year as well, myself included. Shout out my guy Michael Parker sends a super chat. He says, salute to CP, salute to the chat. Uh, One time for the mods, great to be back. Scotty Barnes is the pick. Let's go. Hey, can't go wrong with Leonard Hamilton's boys, Corey. You, you got one in Chicago, Patrick Williams. Yes, you know, you have, uh, let's see if Jonathan Isaac, is, is he um, available? You know, a lot of Knicks fans are trying to get him, but coming off that that knee injury, that that might be a little tricky there. But obviously, you know, you have Devin Vassell and going down there in San Antonio. I would expect him to get an expanded role in the in the coming years on the pop, so... You definitely can't go wrong with with the Florida State Wings. Um, Shout out Abdul. My guy Abdul from San Diego sent
sends a super chat. He says, glad to see you back, bro. Abdul out in San Diego. Salute to Abdul and Sam. Appreciate you, Sam. He says, should the Knicks, the, he says the Knicks should go get Lonzo and trade up for Book Knight or Moses Moody. Interesting. But the thing is, is that you, you, you're trading a lot of assets for those guys, bro. Because remember, for Lonzo, you're going to have to make a trade. He's going to have to be a signing trade for Lonzo. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning off of the Lonzo thing. Because not from a not personally, but I don't know if the Knicks are gonna do that. I don't know if the Knicks are gonna trade for Lonzo and then pay him. You know what I mean? I'm not so sure. With Stan Van Gundy now out with the Pelicans, uh, it was also said that Zion and and Ingram like Lonzo, so maybe they campaign to keep him there. It's gonna be interesting to see what the Pelicans do um, in in free agency in the draft as well. So we'll definitely see how that goes. All right, so let me get to King Deej because he, he's been waiting for a minute. All right, Deej, unmute your mic. We're going to go to King Deej in the Discord. What's going on, bro? Yo, what's up, man? I'm glad that you're back. Appreciate uh, you, bro. First of all, salute, salute, run it up, run it up. Look, I'm going to get this out of the way yes, real quick. And I want to talk about Corey. I want to talk to Corey about one name he didn't talk about. Yes, sir. Jay Florida wanted a Coro. I wanted Obi Toppin. <laughs> there is no battle. That's it. <laughs> There is no battle. No, he's, he's, not- he said about Jalen Johnson. He said something about that you, you didn't want Jalen Johnson. I think that's what that's what Jay was saying. Yeah, he's talking about Jalen Johnson, all these big wings, but all these guys, like, I'm I'm trying to do I'm trying to do fit. Like you gotta you gotta play with RJ and Randall, or you gotta play with IQ and Obi off the bench. Like none of that benefits us. All these cats, Nair can't shoot. I, I I'm not I'm not sold on Trey Murphy. I'm not sold on all these big wings just because they're big. Josh Giddy, I like Josh Giddy, but his shooting was up and down too. So I don't want to even have that topic right now. I just want to talk to Corey. Corey, how you feel about McBride? Because he's anywhere before the before the combine, he was second round. Now he's first round. How do you feel about McBride? I'm gonna let y'all talk about that. I'm all I'm I'm here for Trey Man and James Bucknight, but how you feel about McBride? I'm out. Yeah, I like McBride. I think that I honestly I could still see him. Um, slipping into the second. I could see him going late first. Uh, the thing with him is he's got great length. You know, he's got like a 6'9 wingspan, but he's a little dude. He's like 6'1". And I don't really have a problem with that. He defends. He can uh, get into his shot. But the thing that kind of separates him from some of the other prospects for me is like he doesn't have that second level burst that some mm. of these other guards have. Um, you know, he when he's trying to take somebody off the bounce, He's got to kind of go from the jump. He doesn't have the deceleration that just, all right, like Derrick Rose can, he could be kind of jogging into something and then all of a sudden he's gone. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't really have that kind of thing. He's got to, he he doesn't have the physical tools, the first step that some of these other guys have. He's an interesting player. I think he's great value at the back end of the first round in, into the second round. Like if he's there at 32, I think that's a guy that uh, the Knicks could definitely show some interest in. Uh, but as far as like reaching for him up in at 19 or 21, I think there's too many other players on the board that fit what the Knicks are doing that could step in play right away while still having a little bit of potential, um, to take a guy like him, you know, like I I don't, there's no scenario where I think I'm taking him over a guy like Trey man, you know? So I, I like, I like McBride. And I think that he's going to be uh, – he's got the potential to be a good bench guard in this league mm-hmm. uh, who's just going to come in, defend, knock down shots, run a little bit of point guard, uh, but also be able to play off ball a little bit. Definitely has some some interesting skills. But 
not not the kind of guy I think the Knicks need to target with their first rounders. But if he's there in the second, I think that's he, he's a pretty good guy to to take a shot on. Got it. So to my guy King Deej for the call. Appreciate you, Deej. Um, super chat came in from DJ DJ's man twenty five. He says, "Hey CP, great show. Trying to surprise my son with draft tickets. Do you know when and if they're selling tickets? Haven't heard anything." Um, Corey, have you heard about it? You, you say you're going to be at the draft, right? So I look honestly. I look today. They nothing yet. Yeah. Um, I don't know when they're going to announce it, but um, there there hasn't been anything yet. Like nothing on the website, so uh, nothing on any of the secondary markets. So uh, I just say keep checking. Yeah, um, keep checking, you know. and and we'll we'll let the fans know um, when they go on sale as well. I'm not sure. We may do something live in New York City, or we may do something virtual. Corey, he's, he's planning to be there as well. So um, so we'll, we'll let you guys know as uh, as we get closer to the draft. Uh, Less is more sends a super chat. His order is Mitchell, Book Knight, or Kispert. Uh, so that's where he's going in the draft, okay? All right, let's get to some phone calls to wrap things up. Let me go to London. Let's go to Addy from London. What's going on, man? Cheers, Addy. What's going on? Hi, can you guys hear me? Yeah, loud and clear, man. How you doing, bro? Uh, good, good, good. Yeah, I'm from London. It's 3.40 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, from, I'm also Nigerian, so shout out Nigerian. Cheers, Nick. yeah, cheers, Everyone cheers, hit the thumbs up button for your boys. Of course. I've been listening for ages, guys. CP, you do a great job. Thank Corey, you. nice to meet you, bro. As do you. guys, I just got a, a few opinions on two rookies, well, two prospects, and I just wanted to get your opinion on what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. It might be a bit blasphemous, but I think Sharif, he could be this new age CP3 kind of thing. He played makes really well. And with Book Knight, I think uh, players like him, Booker, D. Mitchell, uh, Zach Levine, they never get respected by um, this, uh, uh, the scouts, NBA scouts, because they will drop it at 13. C.J. McCollum, he went 10th. Those kind of scores never go top five. And also, lastly, CP, I need some information, your sources, what are they telling you about RJ Barrett? Because I'm getting stressed, bro. I'm seeing <laughs> too many people saying the Knicks are trading him. Uh, you know, RJ was drafted the year I started supporting the Knicks. That's my guy. So, you know, I'm getting really nervous on that one. All right, cheers, Addy, man. First and foremost, bro, thank you for calling in. It's 3 a.m. in London, suit to everybody out in the U.K. checking us out, man. I'm trying to get out there, actually, um, just, just waiting until the travel restrictions get lifted. was hoping to get out there uh, in the coming weeks, but it's not looking so. But, you know, once I do get out there, we're going to do a, a Knicks fan TV live on location from London, man. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, Corey, he, he talked about Cooper and the CP3 comparisons, and then also spoke about Book Knight uh, not getting his just due, a la Levine and, and McCullough coming into the draft. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, when you, you hear the name Book Knight and ri- him rising into the top 10, mm-hmm. I think maybe that kind of player maybe is going to start getting, you know, a little bit of love. Yeah. You know, like if, if, he go, if he's rising uh, up the board, and he certainly had his questions just based on, his play this year, you know, if you look at some of the raw shot making numbers and he's getting that top eight buzz, uh, if he really does go there, then I think that plenty of teams are giving him the love he deserves because this is a, this is a tough top seven. Um, you know, like the, this is a, 
Kaminga might fall out of the top five, you know, kid who played in uh, on Long Island at our savior. Oh, I like um, him. I like Kaminga, bro. Yeah. You know, like he's a guy who's got all the talent in the world. And now yeah. you look and you're hearing he might be somebody who uh, drops out of the top five. So it's just, mm. it's loaded up there. Um, but the, the CP three comparison, I definitely think he's, he's of the kind of point guard that CP three is just that play yeah. make first, right. The, the guy who's going to get your team into the offense um, and just kind of, you know, be the the engine for your team, and and you see how valuable that is anywhere CP3 goes. The team does better. Uh, you saw the, you know, the value of having Trey Young play under a real coach and and what he does mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs, and at the end of the regular season. So, uh, you know, Sharif, obviously, like that jumper. It's it's the question mark. Chris yeah. Paul could always shoot. Chris Paul's um, a mid range mid range god right now. Yeah, you know, he's probably he's got one of the most deadly mid range shots ever. Um, and he's always been at least a capable three-point shooter. So, yeah. you know, right off the bat, you, you got to start with the, the shooting when you mention Sharif in, in any conversation with CP3 because the, the shooting really does open up everything else. But from an IQ and a pace and, and just a, a passing skill set, there are definitely shades, definitely similarities that you see there uh, for a guy, Sharif Cooper. And, you know, uh, that kind of point guard is definitely, uh, you know, somebody he's watching tape of for sure. So. Yeah, it's it, you're going to see those kind of comparisons because he's he's way more that kind of point guard than, you know, the Dame Lillard kind of point guard. So, yeah, yeah he's uh he's a he's a playmaker first for sure. True story, man. And then in, in terms of the RJ stuff, I mean, look, I, I think a lot of the RJ angst and shout out to RJ had a great game against Greece uh, yesterday in the, in the Olympic qualify, had a great uh, second half finish with 22 points. Uh, we're checking in on the China stuff. We'll have those highlights up. Uh, Dave, let me know when we get those highlights up. We'll have it up on the Instagram. I didn't check in on that game and how they did, but uh, Canada's looking like a nice squad. But either way, I just think the the whole RJ thing, especially as it pertains to Dame, I think it's just a lot of just fan chatter. You know, I don't see. I don't think anything is is close. I don't think anything is legit as it pertains to any type of Dame trade with the Knicks. A lot of it is is fan made. You know, we don't even know if Dame is is not. Uh, uh, we don't even know if Dame has requested a trade officially out of Portland. Maybe that comes. I can't say that that's at, that's out of the question. Maybe that comes, but I think right now a lot of that is just it's just premature chatter. Now, if you're gonna go get Dame, then yeah, where the Knicks are right now, if they were to even entertain that, yeah, you got to put RJ in a trade because Corey, here, here's the situation where I don't feel like a lot of fans are getting, you know, a lot of fans are debating whether or not to put RJ in the trade or not. The thing with the Knicks is that we have not yet established enough of our young core to justify a Dame trade where if you're going to make that type of trade, you have something left to move forward with, or you have some guarantees on the free agent market to move forward with. Kawhi Leonard is not coming here. You know what I mean? Like, there's no other, name the other player that's out there that you pair with Dame, and they're a better, you know, than the Portland Trailblazers. Or they're better, forget the Trailblazers, think about the East. Give me the guy that you pair with Dame that's going to be better than the Hawks, better than the Sixers if they keep Simmons, better than the Bucks, better than the Nets. There's four teams right there that are absolutely better than the Knicks right now, even if they get Dame. You know what I mean? Even if they get Dame. The the point to me, if you're going to trade your young pieces, you have to have something left in the cupboard or have some promises. The whole, the, the way the Nets built their team, 
Uh, that's aberration. I don't think that that's commonplace in the NBA. I don't think you can replicate that. You know, I, I just don't see it, bro. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, me either. <laughs> me, yeah. I mean, and that's not even, you know, mentioning Boston, Miami, you know, some of these other squads. Miami, maybe yeah, Miami. In, Indiana with uh, Rick Carlisle at the right. helm, you know, maybe putting the pieces together. The, the East is way more competitive than people give it credit for, I think. And uh, like you said, like you need that assurance. And who's the best free agent on the market? De- DeMar DeRozan this year? Hell no, bro. You know? And so no. by the time, what, Dame's going to be 32, and now you're hoping a year from now that you got yeah. a better free agent coming over? Um, if, you know, Dame was a, 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 kid, a guy who came in, as a senior in college, right? Like he was already old. So right. people, you know, right. he may be, hasn't been in the league as long as you would think, but he's up there in age for yeah. sure. And, at, you know, at, he's mileage, get, at mileage, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, he, work, and he'll age well, you know, cause he, with the shot making, whatever, right. but like, you know, the quickness is a big part of his game. And, yeah. and, you know, you really don't want to, you, you can't rush it when you don't have an assurance that you're not getting a, a you know, a partner for him. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, Julius and Dame is a good start, but what else do you got? What else you got after that? That, That, There's got to be a plan. It can't just be Dame. It's got to be Dame and and something. It's not enough, bro. Dame right now, he's what? He's 31 or 32? He's one of them. I think he's 31. 31, maybe he's 30. But that's up there. Right. getting up there. You go get Dame. What you're saying is within the next three years, right? How how much longer does a peak Dame have left? Three years? Mm -hmm. At the top of his game. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is within the next three years, we can confidently put a team together that can realistically compete for a championship. And without establishing a, a core, without establishing something, some sort of your draft picks, I don't think, you know, gambling in free agency is, is going to get it for you. I don't, I don't, I don't see it, bro. And then, I mean, Dane's got a lot of years left on his deal. Like, the yeah. Blazers have a little bit of leverage. They don't have to necessarily give Damian like give in to Damian Lillard's one wish if he said, "I yeah. want to go to New York." Yeah. Like if I'm the Blazers, I don't like RJ the 19th pick, the 21st pick. Like that's not getting the conversation started for me. No. I need more. It, you know, like it, it I need more than sense. that. I need you got to throw in quickly. I want Obi, and then I want future picks on top of it. And even still, I don't know if that's enough. Because, uh, you know, I probably want a player who's even a little bit more established than that. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a tough situation. And like you said, like, there's going to be so many – and this is a classic thing in, in sports media. Um, and, and now that the Knicks had a, you know, a year where they played really well, the Knicks are going to be the click team. You know, you want clicks? Write about the Knicks as, a, you know, the superstar trade destination. Yeah. And it's going to go over and over again. So – you're going to have to decipher what's real and what's smoke because every superstar, it's going to be, all right, the Knicks are good now. MSG's fun. MSG's, you know, where it's at. Brooklyn's still irrelevant. Let's get a superstar in New York. That's going to be the narrative, uh, you know, as it always has been. Uh, Listen, this is my favorite play in the league, bro. I would would want nothing more than to see Dame Lillard lighten it up at MSG, but I want more. I want realistic I want a realistic outcome for when he gets here that we could actually win. And, and you know, it's not to say that this path that we're taking here is guaranteeing anything. All I'm saying is I don't see it, you know, throwing everything out there for Dame. We're not ready for that type of move. 
You know the team that that I think could make that type of move and put themselves in a position to realistically compete, and they're they're already knocking on the doors. The Hawks, mm. for the simple fact that and and forget you know contracts matching up and everything, the Hawks have established young players and depth. When you look at Collins, even though he's a free agent, like I said, forget the contract. When you look at Collins, you look at Herder, you look at 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 what uh, Okongu is now turning into on the playoff stage. You look at Hunter. Those are four guys right there without even dipping into your draft capital that you could probably pair off one or two, take a couple picks, and then bring in a a Beal or somebody like that to maybe take you over the top. That is is how you make that move because you already have something left to to continue to build. With the Knicks all right now, we we still have to establish our young core. and And it's on Tibbs to play these kids. You know, it's on tips to play these kids. I, I still think, despite him coming around in the playoffs, I still think the OB pick is, is going to be a mess for the Knicks. Because you, you're never going to see him materialize into his full potential with Randall blocking him. Because you're talking about 10 minutes a night. I, I don't yeah. see it, bro. Yeah, and he doesn't have the positional you know versatility to play big minutes at the five. So, yeah, it's... I mean, do you think there's a chance the Knicks are proactive and kind of move off them sooner than people might think? I'm not sure. You know, it could all be on the table. If they keep them, though, I would like to see them take a chance and with the with the Obi Randall combo at, at the five and see what happens. You have to, bro. Yeah. Because him playing ten minutes a night, uh, I don't think he, you're gonna get anywhere with it. Yeah. So, and he's, he's he's hanging out in the corner most of the time when he, the time. you know in those 10 minutes too. So you don't even see like him using his his real skill set. Exactly. So, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, man. But um great show. Let let's wrap it up. Um two, we're going to take two more calls. Let's go to James from Queens. James, how you feeling, bro? How you guys doing today? Good, man. How you doing? Great. How you doing? Great, great. Um yeah, I just wanted to talk about I was actually just going to mention about Obi and trading up in the draft and like what you think it would actually net us if we if we probably trade 21 let's say and, and Obi would it get us into the top 15 and then and then who would you target would would you target like a um, who, who's the guy from uh, Oregon Duarte, Duarte Chris, but but Duarte. I think Duarte, yeah from what, what I see what, yeah what do you guys think about him yeah I mean from what I see Corey I, I think I don't think they have to trade up to get him, right? I mean, no. I, I think he'd be available between 19 and, and 21 for them. Yeah, it, I mean, if the Knicks okay, took yeah. Duarte, he, he's one of the oldest players on the team. Yeah, he's 24 you know, he, right now, right? He's like Taj's age right now, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but granted, he could hoop. Yeah. He can. He, you know, he's he's got an NBA skill set, smooth, buttery jumper, can defend. He's got bounce. Um, he's got size. So I don't think that the Knicks are going to have to trade up for him uh but if if the knicks take him at 21 it's definitely nothing to be upset about because he like we mentioned tibbs is going to want guys who can play right away uh and he's got you know the athleticism to play in the nba and he could really stroke it and he can defend so uh he's a a, an interesting guy from the the fact that you know you kind of know what you're getting in him um, and you don't see guys his age really getting picked in the first round all that often. So I think yeah. it speaks to, you know, the the untapped potential that teams probably think that he has. Uh, but I, I definitely don't think you need to trade up for him. I, I think he'll be there at either of the next picks. Yeah. 
And and I believe you also asked if if uh, if you package Obi with one of the yeah. one of the picks and you get into the top fifteen. Um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I maybe maybe sixteen. Yeah, you know, with OKC, OKC takes a shot on right. on the talent of Obi, um, and maybe that that's where you get him. Uh, but I don't I don't know. I don't know how far he gets how how far up he gets. Yeah, you. I don't know how far up he would get you, and I'm not sure if the Knicks would would put him in there just to jump up three spots. You know, because right. knowing Will Parent, I'm sure he he's got to select number of guys within that range that he'd be comfortable taking, that the team would be comfortable taking. So uh, let's see how that goes. But like I said, I think Golden State is de- is definitely a team to watch. With 7-14, and 14, would they be willing to uh, to let one of those go for future considerations? Uh, let's see. Let's see what happens there. All right, closer of the night. Appreciate James and Queens. Closer of the night. Papa left in the building. Papa left. How you doing, bro? You doing good, yo. Corey, you guys uh, shut down YouTube. You're giving away too much intel. Yeah, I heard, <laughs> Somebody I heard. on YouTube, somebody on NBA was like, oh, hold it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> I heard, bro. I heard. Yeah, man. What's good, bro? Great show, great show. I just want to say uh, shout out to everybody in, in, in Knicks Fan TV and uh, everybody who came to RJ's defense after all these fake hypothetical rumors that will never even become conversations about Damian Lillard. Yeah. But in the event R.J. Barrett was on the line, I respect everybody who stood up for R.J. and are now a Team Canada fan, so that's, that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just want to ask, like, fundamentally and, like, foundationally, how you guys feel about the three picks in terms of what is the philosophy? Do you keep all three is there any player on your roster that you're you're willing to part ways with to move up, whether it be a Mitch or an Obi, like how far you can move up? And I think just my last point is that I think the Knicks have historically um, missed early in the draft because they keep trying to find this hero franchise potential player and they keep striking out. But on the back end, they usually draft for need. They identify somebody who they like, I think they're comfortable actually picking at these three spots. And CP, I can't believe you just spoke that Damian Lillard to the Hawks trade in the air, but no, it makes no. too much sense and I'm <laughs> sick. So, uh, yo, salute, great show. Salute, 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 bro. No, 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 I, I, wasn't, I wasn't saying Dame to the Hawks. I was just saying that the Hawks of, of the teams out there are well positioned to get an a, a upper echelon star to put with Trey to maybe put them over the top, even though they're knocking on the door right now, you know, injuries, yes, included, but I just feel like they've established enough of a young core where they can pair off some with draft capital and not suffer like the Knicks would if they did that, because we have not established anything yet. You know, we, we haven't established anything yet. And then whether or not they field, you know, those three picks at the very least, I don't think so, bro. I don't see it. I think they're going to continue to supplement the team in tip style with veterans. And I, I think at least one of those picks would, would, you know, maybe 19 they keep, or maybe they move up from 19 and, and keep something. But, you know, last year they had three. They came out with two. I, I think they'll, they'll come out with one, maybe two this year, but I don't think they'll field, you know, three or even four picks in this draft this year. I don't see it. I don't see it either. I, they're, they seem like, like a trade-up team. You know, I, I cover the draft draft is my thing and i try to always at least tell people like rookies are bad 
even the good rookies, like if, when you compare them to, you know, the average NBA player, like they don't, they're not as good. Um, they show the flashes, they get you excited, yeah. but they're not the the players that contribute to winning basketball. It's very, very rare. And you see with the team that Tibbs played this year, like vets win. Vets win. Vets, vets win. win. It's just straight up. They, it, yeah. There's not as much of a learning curve. They already know the principles. They already know, you know, uh, the scouting reports on all the players. They know the lifestyle, the travel, all that. It's an adjustment for rookies. So for a team that made the playoffs, set the city on fire, is looking to take the next step, bringing in three young kids doesn't seem like it's on the table. No, I, I don't see it. I definitely don't see it. And as you said, vets win, man. And this yeah. is this is why you know OKC at the top of the draft they they're not making noise with with any rookie that they pick. No, nope. neither are the Kings. You know, with with, with a bunch. <laughs> you know, neither are the Kings. The Kings are a perennial lottery team, and they never go anywhere because they don't have the vets that can help them put it all together. Yep. You know, the the Hawks. Yes, Trey's a superstar in the making, but Capella is moving it for them. Gallinari's had a big playoffs. Bogdanovich has been yep. big for them. Lou Will coming off the bench. You know, those are quality, quality veterans uh, that, that I think every team needs. And and that's Tibbs' philosophy. We we know that. So we'll, we'll see what happens, man. But, but we got plenty more draft coverage to go between now and July 29th, man. Make no mistake, if you guys didn't get your calls in, if you guys didn't get your questions answered, we have plenty, plenty of time and plenty of opportunities to do so. But, Corey, this was definitely a great show, man. We, we kicked off your top three guards, your top three wings, and uh, and talked about an early rise in book night, man. So looking forward to the next show. Um, I'm going to kick it over to you. Let, let the people know where they can find you, bro. Yeah, you can find me on the internet uh, at the Hardwood Mag, um, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I got a podcast called The Draft Dack. NBA draft podcast. We, uh, you know, invest in players on the NBA draft stock market. So we cover one player uh, per episode. We're banging out multiple episodes a week, real in depth about these players, where their draft was, you know, at the start of the year, where it is now, did they rise? Did they fall? So if you want like some real in-depth hour long breakdowns on these guys, um, chances are we covered the player you're looking for. And uh, we're banging those out to the end of the draft. Um, and uh, you can, uh, you know, I dropped issue two of the Hardwood Magazine a couple of weeks ago. You know, uh, he called in. We covered, uh, I interviewed the Through the Wire podcast. Yep. Um, that was a really good interview. Uh, Jonathan Macri from Knicks Film School wrote an article on the Knicks, you know, five questions uh, going forward. That's really great. Uh, interviewed Tom O'Grady, the creative director. You, you clipped up a piece of the Knicks interview um, about the Yo, Knicks yeah, jersey yep, yep. rebrand on the channel uh, to check out. So, uh, yeah, you can cop that links on the, um, on the Twitter. And again, that's at the hardwood mag and, uh, follow the YouTube channel for all the in-depth video scouting breakdowns. That's the hardwood Herald. Yes, sir. Great job as usual, man. And appreciate all your contributions to the show. I think I was on the first edition of the hardwood magazine, right? The first one. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Yep. And, and, uh, peeing the through the wire guys on there as well. As you said, Jonathan Macri. So make sure we're going out and supporting Corey and the hardwood mag. And so to everybody in the chat, man, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Once again, great to be back, man. And, and, uh, spending some time talking Knicks, talking draft. And like I said, uh, we're just getting started.
Going to have a lot more coverage to go, a lot more content to go where, when the draft is concerned. We're also going to wrap up the next season. We'll have our player reviews and the season awards as well. And and uh, as we segue from the draft to free agency, we got Summer League. I'll be out there in Vegas for Summer League as well. So make sure you guys uh, go get your Summer League ticket to meet us out there. It's going to be a great time. And yeah, man, keep it locked. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up button. You know the vibes. Remember to go to manscaped.com, enter promo code NICKS for 20% off plus free shipping. And uh, also, the show's available in audio podcast format, man. All the major podcast platforms on the Knicks Fan TV. You can't miss it. And, uh, yeah, man, stay tuned for the next show. Corey, we out of here, man. Great job as usual. Let me make sure that I did not miss any Super Chats. Just make sure I didn't miss anybody's Super Chats. I think one more came in. So to Dave TM, we back at it, man. All the mods as usual. Appreciate it. Let me just double-check, make sure we didn't miss any Super Chats. YouTube is telling me that we got less is more. I think I got everything. All right, I think I got everything, man. Appreciate you guys. Tune in next time.